0: Joe Polish. <laughs> uh, Joe, this is uh, this is a little different kind of I love marketing podcast today. Yeah, right? this is going to be a special
1: one, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll let everyone know why in a, in a little bit because you're going to hear me talk a lot more than uh, than Dean on
0: this one. But uh, <laughs> so Dean, how, how
1: how would you set this up?
0: Well, you know, you uh, one of the cool things about you is that you know a lot of cool people. Yeah, I know that's a lot of cool just people, one of the many most of the cool, cool people. Many of the cool people that I know I've met through you, um, so tell why don't you tell set it up. Tell everybody who uh, who's our guest today, our virtual guest, and how you met them and and a little bit about them because I think it's uh, a fantastic treat for everybody. Yeah, so this will be a
1: special uh, I Love Marketing podcast because uh, you're going to actually hear me interview a guy by the name of Blake uh, Mykowski who is the founder of uh, Tom's Shoes. And uh, Tom's Shoes is a really interesting for-profit uh, you know, footwear company that's uh, based in California. And it uh, also has a nonprofit uh, section of it which is called Friends of Tom's. But basically the company was founded in 2006 by Blake. And, um, you know, they basically sell uh, shoes that, um, you know, for every pair of shoes that Tom sells, they donate a new pair of shoes to a child uh, in need, typically in a third-world country. And so
0: Mm -hmm. I
1: met Blake um, at Rock the Casbah, which is Richard Branson's uh, annual charity event, which I've been taking people to for the last uh, three or four years. Right, in Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, and uh, you know, so last year um, I brought um, 92 people to this event. Uh, you know, we had some pretty cool people: the founders of Beachbody, uh, Bill Phillips. Uh, you know, a lot of people in my 25K group, Dan Sullivan, and you know, Telman, and, and a bunch of crazy internet marketers, and just uh, super sharp uh, people. And so we, you know, through through the group that I brought, it had uh, raised, you know, $327,000 for uh, Richard's uh, charity, Virgin Unite, and I'm currently the, the largest fundraiser in the world for, for Virgin Unite, and we do these trips to Necker and all kinds of stuff. So I have a pretty good relationship with Richard. And earlier uh, that day, Richard actually came to my 25K meeting and, and gave a short speech and then did Q&A uh, with the group. And so uh, they put me at the dinner table um, with Richard and um, and Jennifer Love Hewitt, who was really super cool. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm with Jamie, and we're sitting right next to Blake, who I didn't recognize at first. But Jamie's like, oh, you're the founder of Tom Shoes. I was like, yeah, so there we go. I mean, he's sitting
0: right next to the guy. Mm-hmm. And so,
1: you know, for a couple of I mean, a lot of, of hours, people
0: listening have probably seen him on, on TV. I think, I um, first, I think, has he been on, on Ellen? You know, I don't know if he's been on Ellen, but he's been on a lot of things. Yeah, one of those. I know I, f- I saw him on uh, on 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 TV. So
1: yeah, yeah. You know, he works with a lot of – he's got a lot of celebrities that are, you know, obviously very big supporters of what he's doing. And what I think is really neat and a really great marketing angle is – and you'll hear on the uh, – you know, you'll hear on the interview. Instead of me talking about what you'll hear, I just let everyone mm-hmm. listen. Uh, but the reason we wanted to share this with everyone for two reasons. One, I think it's such – a really incredible, amazing way to actually position a for-profit company and simultaneously do a tremendous amount of good. They have a one for one method. And so like I said, for every pair uh, you know of Tom's shoes that you purchase, uh, they give a pair away. And uh, even on their display, like if you go to Whole Foods or uh, wherever they actually sell Tom's shoes uh, at a point of purchase, you know they have a little hanger that even says, on the little hanger, with every pair you purchase, uh, Tom's will give a pair of new shoes to a child in need, one for one. You know, I could probably even do Dean. I could probably even snap a photo of yeah. What I the, was the hanger looks like.
0: when you told me you were going to get that. Yeah, I'd take a picture of it, and we'll put it up on uh, we'll put it up on I Love dot com. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, those of you that well, let's do to this. this, let's. Why don't we uh, Why don't we listen to the the interview and then we'll come back and and talk about it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, that's what I'm saying. So that's yeah, what you're everyone, to listen say, in right. and,
1: uh, and and I'd love to hear how you're going to learn. You know what you take away from this, and we'll talk more about it. Okay. Hello, this is Joe Polish. I want to welcome you to a very special Genius Network interview, and this is also going to be posted on the I Love dot com. Podcast and blog for all of our I Love Marketing listeners. So I'm getting ready to introduce you all to Blake Mykowski. He's the founder and chief shoe giver of Tom Shoes. But before I do that, I want to give you some background on who Blake is. He's the man behind the growing one-for-one One movement. Tom Shoes has given over 1 million pairs of new shoes to children in need through giving partners around the world. It didn't take long for the world to notice this new approach to business. In 2007, only a year after its beginning, Tom Shoes was honored with a prestigious People's Design Award from the Cooper Hewitt National Design Museum, Smithsonian Institute, and two years after that, Tom and Blake Mikowski were the proud recipients of the Secretary of State's Award for Corporate Excellence, presented by uh, Hillary Clinton. And so the award celebrates uh, companies that are just committed to corporate social responsibility, innovation, exemplary practices, and democratic values worldwide. While running Tom's, Blake is a sought-after speaker at campuses and conferences all over the country. He's passionate about inspiring young people to help make tomorrow better, encouraging them to include giving in everything they. Do from business practices to day to day decisions. His hope is to see a future full of socially minded businesses and consumers. This unique vision for the future came into focus in 2006 when he witnessed the hardships facing children growing up barefoot in Argentina. He felt a need to help, and the one for one movement was born. He returned the following year with friends and family to hand place. 10,000 pairs of new shoes on children. Uh, Blake has always had an entrepreneurial spirit. He's uh, started five businesses before Tom's. His first was a successful national campus laundry service, which he later sold. And between business ventures, Blake competed in the CBS primetime series, The Amazing Race, with his sister Paige. And Blake traveled the world and came within minutes uh, winning the $1 million grand prize. Blake is an avid reader and traveler. He's a young guy and he's doing amazing
2: stuff. Blake, how you doing? I'm doing wonderful, Joe. Awesome. So you're in L.A. right now, right around where your headquarters are? Yeah, I'm actually at the headquarters today. I don't, I don't spend a lot of days in the office, but uh, it's nice when I am. Okay. Now, do you, do you truly live on a boat? I do. I've been living on a boat for about three and a half years now. Uh, I came back from one of our giving trips and. Just had this feeling that, you know, the people I was around that had very little were so happy. And I think a lot of it comes from the simplicity of their life. And so I uh, got rid of my big place and all my electronics and art and furniture and moved on a little sailboat and uh, have been there ever since. And it has been a very great experience for me.
1: Awesome. Well, you know, you 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 founded Tom Shoes back in uh 2006, I believe is when it first came to you and then in
2: 2007 was probably the year that it started to uh take off like crazy. Yeah, it was, You know, it started in 2006. I mean, kind of the the back story is I was down in Argentina on a vacation um, and, you know, not doing anything philanthropic or charity oriented, but i uh, met some uh volunteer workers in a cafe and They explained that they were giving shoes that week to children who didn't have them, and that really surprised me and further surprised me when I found out that many of these kids weren't allowed to go to school because they didn't have shoes, Um, and I wanted to help. And uh, So rather than kind of making a donation that would only help them once to their charity, I decided, you know, what if we started a a shoe company, a for-profit business, where every time we sold a pair of shoes, we would give a pair away, and do that in a one-for-one manner, no percentages, no formulas, just one-for-one giving. And then that way, we could truly sustain the giving. You know, every time we sold a pair of shoes, we get a child another pair and another pair and another pair. And uh, and we started, yeah, 2006, and uh, we gave our one millionth pair of shoes away this past September.
1: That is fantastic. Um, so first off, I love your perspective on charity. There's a, I will tell our listeners if you want to get an idea of uh Blake's uh, perspective on a lot of things you can uh, watch uh, you know your original speech at the uh, Clinton Global initiative and you can uh, interview with you and Bill Clinton and lots of really cool videos that are all over the internet um, but basically you uh, really believe in starting a business you can do a heck of a lot more than if you just have a per se a philanthropic endeavor or a nonprofit I'd like to get your perspectives on that because I Tend to absolutely agree with that that business is truly the the most leverage you have with doing good in the world
2: well you know i I think that there's a place. Um, for nonprofits, and there's a place for for profit social enterprises. I don't think that the world's problems can be solved or, or addressed in the either or situation, um, but I do think, especially in, uh, in aid that needs to be sustained over time, if you can incorporate a for profit business model, it can be much more powerful than nonprofit. Because if something needs to be given over and over and over again, like shoes or like school books, or, you know, um, then what happens is, is... if you get donations, you're dependent on those donors year after year after year. And sometimes people get what they call donor fatigue, and that might be because of economic reasons, that might be because there's a new nonprofit they want to support, a number of different things. But when donor fatigue happens, then the organization or the children that were benefiting from that nonprofit start to suffer. And by being a for-profit business, as long as you continue to run your business well and smartly, you have that continual source of uh of funds to fund your philanthropic efforts and you don't have to worry about donor fatigue. So I do think that you know the world needs for-profits and nonprofits, but for-profit is a is a is a non-traditional way of incorporating giving in a pretty profound way and something that we've done at Toms and we're very proud of.
1: Cool. Well, you know, the 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 term for Tom, since you've answered this question a million different times, uh, you know, is about tomorrow. But I, I got to ask it for people that uh, have never really, they don't really know the background. So, uh, give uh, give a little bit of background on why you named the company Tom's and what it what it represents and what what it means to you and what you'd like it to mean for uh, you know everything that you're all about.
2: Great. So yeah, I mean, you know, when we first started, um, my idea was very simple: is okay if we sell a pair of these, you know, forty-four dollar pairs of shoes today, we can therefore give away a pair tomorrow, and so this whole focus on kind of making it a better tomorrow led me to call them tomorrow's shoes, but tomorrow's would never fit on the little tag on her shoes, so I shortened it to Tom's, and when I did, I realized that that was actually really serendipitous because Tom's really represents this idea of a better tomorrow and that we can all, in a sense, be Tom because we can all make a better tomorrow through not only the purchase of this pair of shoes but other things that we can do in our lives. And so I'm really happy that the name ended up uh, kind of landing where it did, Um, but there definitely is not a Tom. That's one of the most questions I get is who's Tom, and there's not a person. It's more of a mentality.
1: Well, I mean, how often do people call you, actually, Tom? This is- oh, all the time,
2: every day, and I answer to it without without flinching, just because it's been happening so much, and it's easier usually in a you know in a coffee shop or in a hotel or somewhere for someone just to say, oh, hey, nice to meet you, instead of instead of giving the whole story.
1: That is total comedy. All right. Well, I don't want to date this uh, this actual interview at all because I think ten years from now people can listen to this and, and really get a get a great perspective. Um, you have this thing coming up though called uh, One Day Without Shoes. People can uh, see it at OneDayWithoutShoes.com. And um, what is the cause and what's the purpose behind that and how can people get involved?
2: Well, the great thing about one day without shoes is something we do every year. So it's an annual event. It always happens in April. It's usually a different day every year. Um, but this year it's April fifth and um, and it's basically a day to raise awareness um, for the millions of children around the world who don't have shoes and don't have a choice and And specifically, the reason we created it the way we did was we said, you know there are a lot of people that just don't realize how much it stinks to not have shoes. I mean, what life would truly be like if you couldn't afford a pair of shoes? And also people don't realize that there's so many you know, foot diseases and, and really big problems that come from public health because you don't have shoes. And so we thought, you know, what if we asked all of our supporters and friends and and fans all around the world, in the first world, to take off their shoes for the day. I mean, you know, most people work in a nice office with carpet or they go to school at a university with, you know, know, the nice manicured grass. And and so, you know, they're not going to be at physical risk by not wearing shoes, but their feet might be a little cold or they might get dirty or they might stub their toe or something. But Even that little experience would give them some perspective of what it would be like if you never had a pair of shoes. And so it gives them an an empathy to to understand what millions of children are experiencing every day. And beyond that, it's kind of disruptive. You know, it's kind of rebellious. It's kind of, you know, like, what in the world? Why aren't you wearing shoes? And when that happens, it really is a foster for great conversation about just how we can make the world a better place. And so that's another kind of byproduct of One Day Without Shoes is, We've heard from so many companies now and in you know, government organizations even that, you know, by not wearing shoes on April fifth or last year I think it was April eighteenth or something, what happened was is these conversations started at their office or at their university that never would have started before and because of that some great Things came out of it, great social change, ideas, uh, and experiences. So we think it's a great day to raise awareness for the children that don't have shoes, but it's also a great way to just start conversations about what we can do as individuals to make the world a better place.
1: Oh, no doubt. I think it's, uh, I think it's fantastic. And uh, you probably don't know much about this side of my business. I have, I have recently launched a, a podcast, which I'm going to post this interview uh, there, it's on iTunes. It's called I Love Marketing, uh, or I Love Marketing dot com, and we're literally getting fifteen hundred to two thousand new listeners a day that are, uh, currently at the time that we're, we're doing this recording. I'm going to post the, uh, I'm going to post the interview up on I dot because I think this is awesome and I want everyone to hear about it there. But in a nutshell, uh, I really look at what you're doing is, is great marketing. I mean, I've, sure, uh, obviously seen, uh, you know, seen you, um, Speak and I've, uh, you know, we had dinner together the time we met at uh, Richard Branson's event because I'm his uh, currently his largest fundraiser, and uh, so I know a bit about your company and, and sure. what you do. And you, um, you made this comment, and I don't know know what video it was, but uh, when people buy a pair of Tom's shoes, um, they're basically. Um, they become a storyteller because they're not just buying a pair of shoes, but they're buying something, and they're also simultaneously creating a, a free pair of shoes for uh, a child or whoever you decide to give it to in another country. And I I think that's brilliant, and I think it's fantastic. And you, you don't do traditional marketing like other shoe companies, but you're probably one of the fastest-growing, if not the fastest-growing shoe company in, in the world right now. I don't know if that's accurate, but I'd like to get your perspective on on what you really do as it relates
2: to um, building and growing your company, like the entrepreneurial yeah, side. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the thing is is that we all, deep down, have a yearning as human beings to be part of something. And the more your company can allow and, and, and engage people in truly being part of something, uh, the more they're going to be equipped to share your brand story. Everyone has a story. It's just a question of how your story is told and retold, and at the rate it's retold. And that really affects your growth and has affected Tom's growth and allowed us to be, you know, if not the, but one of the fastest-growing shoe companies out there. And, and it really comes with, you know, connecting people um, to something that, they're, that they really care about, you know, because you can have a story, but if no one cares about it, then it doesn't really matter. So it's, it's really with TOMS is because we have a story, and, and you get to participate in the story. So, Joe, when you buy a pair of TOMS, there is a specific child, whether they're in Honduras or Cambodia or Guatemala or Ethiopia or here in the United States. It is getting a pair of shoes because you made that decision, and and that is powerful because that allows you to not only leave that store or Tom's.com where you bought the shoes thinking, I'm really glad I did that. It gives you a chance to say to your friend or your family or whoever, you know, last week I helped a child get a pair of shoes, and it felt really good. And then they say, what do you mean you helped a child get a pair of shoes? Like you went and gave someone a pair of shoes, no, 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 I bought a pair of these shoes called Tom's, and because of that, they're giving a pair on my behalf to a child, somewhere in the world that needs them. And, and that's when the story happens, and it's so organic and natural, and you are proud that your experience happened. And so I think that's one thing that's really important when marketers look at how do they create a story that's, quote, worth spreading, um, then it, it, it's something that it really engages people on an emotional level, not just on a practical level.
1: Yeah, totally. No, and you, you, you know, when people really kind of look at the the people that get behind what it is you're doing, I mean, uh, you create a uh, you know a tremendous amount of of engagement and bonding and relationship building with a lot of people that is far reaching. I think it's it's pretty fantastic, uh, and all of this is kind of started accidentally, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it really, um, I mean, when we first started, it was me and three interns in my apartment uh, in Venice, California. And at the time, I was actually running another business, a software company. So this was kind of a side project at first. And then as it started to grow, I recognized it was going to be a real business, and we started putting a lot of energy and effort and capital behind it. But, you know, what we did initially a lot was – you know, just reply to people on Facebook and, and, and send Twitter messages and, and post videos on YouTube. So we were just telling our story because that's the only thing we could afford to do, and it just kind of it kind of took off. Yeah, I
1: love it. Uh, well, you, you use a, a one-to-one model, and you want to expand the one-to-one model. Uh, and so I would say that you've got some really cool things uh, uh, that you're going to be, you know, revealing this year. How yeah. you're going to apply this way beyond just shoes. But basically, we could talk a little bit about um, the one for one model and what that means, and how maybe other people ca- can apply it. Because I know you're a big proponent for. Uh,
2: yeah, that. the thing about you know our one for one model, starting with shoes, is really simple. You buy a pair of shoes, we give a pair of shoes. People need shoes. You need shoes. Great. I, I get a lot of companies asking me, you know, "How can we apply this to our business if we sell a service or if we sell a, a, a product that people don't need in third world countries?" And you know, I think what the beauty of one for one is that it's very simple and easy to understand for the consumer. It's very easy to share the story, as we were just talked about. But the real secret of one for one is not in shoes for shoes. What it is, in my opinion, and this is just you know my, my thought, is it's in bringing clarity to what is happening on the philanthropy side when a purchase is made. So before we have had percentages and formulas and this percent of this, that this goes to this cause, and this cause then does, I mean, it never was clear. So I think what I, my advice to other companies is, look, you might not do shoes for shoes or a one for one like that, but if you could say, if we sell X, we're going to do why, and it's very clear and simple and easy to understand. I think it really has the power to to get your your customers and your fans to be that much more loyal and that much more excited about that purchase.
1: Gotcha. Well, uh, so what I'd like I'd love to ask you some, some of your thoughts on on your entrepreneurial experience. I mean, you've obviously uh, you've had some um, real good background and successes prior to this, and you started I think four or five different businesses. Uh, including the laundry service uh, that you actually sold, and so I'd like to get some of your you, just your insights, perspectives, and maybe entrepreneurial lessons that you've learned building and growing companies. Uh, maybe you know one on uh, managing teams, and then we'll talk about you know managing sure. money, maybe managing yourself. Uh, just some of your business uh, lessons and, and advice you'd give for entrepreneurs, which are predominantly the people that would be listening to this interview.
2: Got it. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the whole thing for me is, you know, whether it's managing teams or leading people or or growing a business, at the end of the day, as a leader, the most important thing is just to be a human being. And I know that's like the simplest, easiest advice ever, but the truth is if you really think like how you would want to be treated and treat people that way, and when you make mistakes, you honestly admit them in front of the group and take your ego out of it, and just really be a human to people and treat people like humans, all the business stuff and politics and, and issues tend to kind of go away. Because so few companies treat their employees like real humans. I mean I know you know, even the companies that have, quote, great cultures and that have amazing benefits, they still, after a certain size, start treating the people like, you know, numbers or names on a sheet of paper. And and, and that is there's nothing worse for for motivating people um in morale than that and so i think the thing that i try to do even if i get limited amount of time in the office as i do now is when i am here really spend my time with people you know talking to them not just about what they accomplished last month or what the next deal is but just how they're doing and and what what's going on in their life and 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 what's going to make uh you know them happier and in that you know i Business is so crazy and fast and running, and I, I don't sit around. I don't make it sound like I get to sit around and do that very often. But if you do that once a year for someone, it can make all the difference in the world.
1: Yeah, totally, totally. Well, I mean, do you, um, how much time do you actually spend working versus, I mean, you kind of have a, a pretty interesting life. You, you travel a lot, you do a, you know, you live on a boat, uh, you seem to, to do a lot of fun stuff. I mean, how do you really approach, uh, approach business and, and keep it growing and keep building it and at the same time, you know, uh, not go insane?
2: Well, I think for me it's all about, I mean, this is another, it seems like kind of cliche, but it's all about having great people. I mean, from day one I was always traveling. I was never in the apartment even when that was our office. And last year I was probably only in the office, you know, 40 or 50 days the whole year. So for me it's about having a great team. About using technology wisely, because you can look be anywhere in the world and do a call or Skype call or whatnot, um, and then just really trusting people to do their jobs and know that by giving them a lot of autonomy, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to do things that you wouldn't have done. They're going to design something that doesn't look as good as you would have designed it. They're going to, you know, it's only going to be maybe 75 or 80 percent as good as or what you would expect and want it to be, but. 75 or 80 percent with zero effort of my own is a lot better than 100 percent with 80 percent of my effort. So that's kind of been my philosophy um, since day one. And now you know the company's grown a lot, and I haven't really been here, but I've been able to, you know, kind of preserve the culture and keep things going just by focusing on certain things and really letting the department heads and people really lead based on what they what they feel and know is right.
1: Gotcha. Okay. And now you're obviously contributing. Uh, I mean, you're, you've given away over a million shoes and you're, you're impacting a tremendous amount of people. How do you price and the, the cost of the shoes so that you not only maintain a margin to continue to grow and build your business, but also, you know, con- contribute to all the, you know, the social good that you're doing? I mean, how do you approach that?
2: How do you, how do you make sure those sorts of decisions? Well, I think it's kind of just what you just said. We, you know, we just make sure that there's enough margin in the shoe to do both of those things: to continue growing the business, and to um, and to give away a pair of shoes every time we sell a pair. The, the kind of it 's funny because you know the, this is an interview kind of about marketing and, and that actually is kind of the secret sauce of tom 's is the reason we can you know grow a business and make a profit and give away a pair of shoes is because we spend little, if anything, on traditional marketing. All of our marketing is done virally and through media, through Facebook, through Twitter, through, you know, I mean, you name it. We take advantage of it. And so, you know, we're not buying, you know, billboards like most shoe companies. We're not, you know, sponsoring athletes like most shoe companies. We're not, you know, doing TV commercials like most shoe companies. I mean, we... Build our business, and so that 's a ton of dollars millions of dollars a year that we 're not spending that our competitors are, and that 's how we're able to do the giving and grow the business
1: well and I think it's a function of people pay attention to what it is you're doing because of the byproduct of what you're doing on top of running a a you know for profit company is you're producing a tremendous amount of good you know I, I sort of have a, an issue with uh, some of the vocabulary that's used in, in nonprofit. and I mean, I speak from experience of doing a tremendous amount of, of, of my time is spent helping, you know, foundations like Richard Branson and, and, and recently the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And so, you know, I'm around a lot of quote-unquote causes and, 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 and people wanting to to raise money, and there's terminology like giving back. Uh, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, should give back sort of thing, which I don't really agree with that sort of statement, uh, unless you know, giving back implies that you actually took something from somebody. Yeah. And if, you, if you're running a business that's, that's creating jobs, creating value in the world, you're, you're doing a tremendous amount. I mean, you don't owe the world anything and, you know, because you're already giving the world so much and then if you tie it into something like you've done, it's almost like double whammy. Not only are you providing jobs for people, you're creating value producing, in this particular case, shoes for people, but you're also doing all this incredible amount of good and that's why I always believe that you know, do, being a do-gooder and wanting to go out and do good stuff in the world is completely different different than good doing, where you actually just go out and, and, and just produce good stuff. And so that's why I, I really wanted to do this interview with you and share this message, because I think you're a great role model for so many entrepreneurs that really want to give back, and seeing how a guy like you has actually figured out how to really do it and, and, and impact in, I mean, you're not doing a small thing here. What you're doing is is very significant. And I can't imagine uh, how many lives you're going to touch, you know, even 10 years from now based on the momentum you've, you've got going. So having said all that, what are some recommendations that you can give for entrepreneurs um, as they venture into not only profitably running their businesses, but tying it into to just, Supporting causes uh, solving social and economic problems things that you 've done I mean what what could be some of the best tips you could give people to, to, to do something like you 're doing or to how they can align themselves with people
2: like you to, to just do some super cool ninja stuff well I, I know I, first off I want to just congratulate you on on recognizing the phrase giving back is a very problematic one because it does insinuate that you've taken something and I always struggle with that too because a lot of people say, guy, you do so much to give back and I'm like, well, we're not really giving back, we're just giving. You know, um, yeah. so I, I appreciate you dis- making that distinction because it's very few times that people recognize that. I mean, in terms of, in terms of entrepreneurs, I think the best thing is you know, align with something you're passionate about. So don't just give to give. And I think that's you know it's kind of unfortunate. Is what happens is sometimes you know you feel like a company's making money and that now it's time. Well, we need to give back. We need to do something for the community. You know, I mean, and and the truth is is you know you should only do something if you really care about it. Like don't just give money to give money. Give money because you're really excited about you know about about something that is. Um, you know kind of important to you and then when you do that then you're giving a lot more than money but you're giving kind of your passion and all that so that, that's just kind of my main thing is is people should not necessarily look at you know giving as a as a you know is is something that they need to do or have to do but you know should find like what they really care about doing and uh, and then go from there
1: yeah i, I agree and and i i think uh, i think entrepreneurism is is so much of the uh, the the mechanism and solution to to really doing the most good in the world and I, and I most entrepreneurs that I know I I just think the, I think a lot of uh, individuals have a flawed perspective of what entrepreneurs really do and capitalists really do I mean I'm a big proponent of capitalism I'm not a big proponent of corporatism I'm not you know in, in any way shape or form implying that uh, you know big corporations that, you know, pump massive pollution into the world or sell crappy food or, you know, sell products or services that hurt or kill people is a good thing in spite of the fact of making money or not. I'm about people really creating value and going out there and and using their ability to, to use entrepreneurial principles. You know, the definition of an entrepreneur from John Baptiste, say, in the 1800s said, an entrepreneur is an individual that takes resources from a lower level of productivity to a higher level and whenever somebody does that in a nonprofit or a for profit they're doing tremendous amounts of things uh, that are good in the world and like you said i mean get involved in it if it if it really matters and really impacts you uh, but this is really a call out to uh, in an acknowledgement for entrepreneurs because i think they're the the ones that really you know, they have to put it all together. They have to put their butts on the line. They have to risk things. I think you even sold your your company uh, in order to finance the startup of, of Tom's,
2: correct? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think that you're exactly right. I mean one of the things about being an entrepreneur is you take risk and you do something to create more value and, and look making money is a good thing it creates jobs it, it provides security to people it you know it does it, it's an, it's a critical especially in America i mean small businesses is, is is the heartbeat of our economy so i'm all about entrepreneurism and capitalism and all that so i agree with your your statements a lot there
1: Thank you, thank you. Uh, well, th- this may sound like a weird question, but I want to give you a setup. You you, you spoke uh, with with you know President Clinton. You spoke at TED. You've been to the White House. You've met with Obama's senior administration. Uh, and so, a couple A uh, couple things. One, uh, what's the most secretive thing that you've learned from all your experience? And the second is, what's the most impactful thing that you've learned?
2: Mm, man, those are big questions. It's <laughs> hard to do those in an in a online, in a telephone interview. I got to think about them. Uh, gosh, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I think the most impactful thing I've learned, and maybe it's a secretive too because it's not talked about a lot, but the most successful people, and in in we'll say we will define success in this phrase is kind of financially successful because that's what you know entrepreneurs typically kind of look at in in a lot of most cases but the most successful people i've met and and i've met a lot of really successful entrepreneurs every single one of them started whatever they started they became so successful out of passion and not out of willing to make money money was not ever part of the deal you know and it was always what am i passionate about what thing in the world do i not agree with what service is not offered to me that i want it was always a curiosity and a passion that led to great successes fortunes businesses philanthropies etc it was never you know if I do this I can make a lot of money. And and I think that that's really important, especially for young people who are thinking about what they want to do with their lives. So many of them, you know, go to school, then go to business school, then get the internship at, you know, the investment bank or whatever because they're on a path to make a certain amount of money. And unfortunately, not only has that robbed them of their happiness and joy and, and, and maybe of fulfilling a passion, but I don't think it ever gets them to the real success that all these other entrepreneurs have attained. So that's probably the most important thing or most kind of not talked about thing that I've noticed in meeting all these amazing people.
1: Yeah, no, I think that covers both secretive and, and, and impactful, so thank you. And just a couple more things, and then I'll sure. get out of here, because I know you got a busy day. So thousands, literally, in the next uh, couple of days are going to hear this uh, interview, and hopefully one day, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands, and I'd, I'd be stoked if it was in the millions of entrepreneurs will hear this interview. And what would be the most valuable thing uh, for them to hear from you, meaning, you know, what do you want them to know or do if you could have a shout-out to uh, all the uh, entrepreneurs out there?
2: I think the most important advice, and I I do speak a lot to entrepreneurs and something I really love, is the power of starting small. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, both in the just purely for-profit capitalist sector or social entrepreneurs, they look at – big enormity of starting a company and you know, they think of hundreds of employees and you know office space rent of ten thousand dollars a month and and all these big things but the truth is, is all the great companies all the great causes they start with something really simple and manageable i mean our goal is to help 250 kids get a pair of shoes and you know for a few thousand dollars i could start up an organization that could do that and so we didn't set out to sell a million and give away a million pairs of shoes or to be a fast-growing company. We just set out to help 250 kids. So my probably best advice I could give anyone listening is start small, because small is where you figure out all the mistakes you're going to make. Small is what becomes beautiful and what becomes potentially big. Um, so don't get overwhelmed with the enormity of the problem or the idea or whatever, but, but get, that, get it going by starting small.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Great. And then the last thing uh, I'll ask you is uh, uh, I believe it's true that one of your favorite quotes is uh, Gandhi's Be the change you wish to see in the world. Absolutely. Okay, so if uh, what change uh, do you really uh, wish and hope to see uh, in the world while, while you're here on the planet? Uh, you
2: know, I think it probably the, the the thing that I spend a lot of energy now talking about, and, and 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 that is, you know, business and philanthropy don't have to be mutually exclusive. You know, the more businesses incorporate giving into their model in a tangible, transparent, simple way, the more good that it can happen. We can't just depend on nonprofits and the government to solve, you know, the world's problems, whether it be, you know, climate change or kids that don't have shoes or kids that are getting malaria. We can't just hope that a few of the extremely wealthy individuals and charities and governments do that. we got to take it into our own hands, and I think that the change I want to see is more and more businesses not seeing charity as just a tax write-off, but as a real business strategy and a real part of their culture, and that More that that happens, I think the more amazing things are going to happen in the future.
1: Awesome, awesome. Well, uh, where do people get Tom's Shoes? I know lots of stores sell them, and you do have a website and all that. So first off, if people have never bought a pair of Tom's Shoes, where do they get them?
2: The best is to go to Tom's.com because we have the largest selection there. um, And if you don't want to buy them on our our website, you can put in your zip code, and we'll tell you what retailers are closest to you so you can buy them there. Um, But Tom's.com has all the sizing information. We have a great customer service team that you can call or email or chat with to to get your size. Right, But uh, Toms.com is probably the best place. And then for you know One Day Without Shoes, you can go to OneDayWithoutShoes.com, and you can find a local event, you can host an event, you can be part of the Barefoot Challenge with your company. Uh, there's a lot of ways uh, to get involved, and I hope people will, will join us. Uh, our goal is to get a million people barefoot this year. We had 250,000 people last year, uh, and it's looking really good so far
1: awesome and you know I'll tell you at a later date about uh, the ten times planet I'm doing with Dan Sullivan and we're going to actually feature this interview when we put that out to the to the ten times planet folks uh, it's all about supporting entrepreneurism as it relates to uh, to, to doing good in the world uh, and uh, I just you know really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk about this uh, again I want to acknowledge uh, what you're doing it's it's not only uh, an incredible uh, success story that produces a lot of good in the world but I think you're, you're a huge encourager uh, for many people by um, basically reinventing um, you know a philanthropic sort of model that I think is in, in desperate need of innovators like you that can come in and just do what you're doing and, and have such a sh- such a big impact uh, in the world so uh, thank you and any famous last words no just
2: thank you for having me on and helping getting our story out there we really appreciate it
1: you're welcome, man. So thanks, everyone. I'd love to hear the comments on ilovemarketing.com about this. And go to One Day Without Shoes right now, if it's before April 5th, and get yourself involved for the entrepreneurs. Do it with your whole employees. I'm doing it with my whole company here at Piranha. And uh, I think it will be awesome. So thank you, Blake. Great. Thanks, Joe. Have a great day. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. What's everyone think of that? Pretty uh, pretty <laughs> neat
0: stuff. Uh, Blake was is a pretty, pretty cool dude. What was your big uh, What was your big takeaway from from having that conversation with him? I've got a couple of pages of uh, just notes and sound bites here, but what what was your take from uh, from spending the, that time with him? Uh, probably that I talk too much, but but beyond that, <laughs> the, the <laughs>
1: you know the, the the big takeaway is that. And again, I already knew this about him, which is one of the reasons that that I wanted to uh, interview uh Blake is that I'm a huge supporter of you know using entrepreneurism in order to do good in the world and and I loved how he responded to my comment uh, about um, giving back the term giving back and and what I have to say is that I really uh got that original thought from uh, Dan Sullivan I didn't come mm-hmm. up with that on my own it's, it's through numerous conversations that I've had with Dan Sullivan the founder of Strategic Coach where this whole concept and this whole notion of, of giving back uh, as yeah. as if you're taking something from somebody. And I love the fact that he agreed with it. And I know that, that Blake is in a situation where, you know, he wants to obviously have as many uh, organizations and people support what he's doing, and rightfully so. And I think they should because I think he's an incredible uh, entrepreneur. And uh, there's a lot of people out there that really want to guilt people into thinking they need to, go out and give something away. And my whole thinking is uh-huh. if you're really a successful entrepreneur and you're doing, you know, creating value, you're doing good marketing, you're giving so much. And so to tie it into something where for every purchase someone makes, they can actually, you know, you're going to actually give um, a pair of shoes as an example, I think is a, is brilliant. So I, I love the fact that he agreed with, uh, you know, my
0: capital. Well, master. I had never heard... I hadn't heard Dan Sullivan say that until you and I were together with him just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And now it makes so much sense. I mean, because when you really think about it, it's not. Yeah, we we haven't taken anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and so and in, in the cool yeah. thing about his model is that he's he's not relying upon donations. You know, because once the donations right. run out, you have to go and get more. So what does that put you in a position of? You know, either asking, begging, requesting, hoping, crossing your fingers, hoping the economy's in a good position where people, you know, will, will be able to, to, to give money. Whereas in his particular case, he, he has grown Tom's shoes dramatically through mm-hmm. a recession. Why? Yeah. Because it's a for-profit business, because you got products and services that people want, because you're establishing a market need. And the coolest thing about what he's doing is that every time someone wears a pair of Tom's shoes, they're not just wearing shoes, they're actually they're doing something valuable. I think it creates an emotional experience of contribution in the user and buyer of his, uh, of his shoes, as an example. And he's going to be coming out with something really cool soon. Uh, that is not shoes, but everyone can just kind of keep eye secret, and see what that is, yeah, and you because know, he spoke at south by Southwest this year and kind of uh, hinted to it uh, you know
0: there are other there's interesting like um you know I, I think that 's an interesting concept of tying the the business right into a cause like that, like um you know are there other businesses that do that same kind of thing i remember I seem to remember something about um about Tom Newman or uh, Paul, uh, Paul Newman. Newman. Sorry. Yeah. Paul Newman with his uh with his salad dressings.
1: Yeah, yeah. As far as, far as like I know. the same
0: thing and doesn't Anita Anita Roddick with the uh the body shop uh yeah,
1: you know, I would love to say I could speak to it and really know the story more, but I just know loose pieces of it. And if I start talking yeah. about it, I'm probably going to say it out of context. But, right. yeah, you know, I mean, look at what we do with uh, the stuff that we've done with Make a Wish. I mean, you take right. Bill Phillips years ago. I mean, I gave Bill Phillips uh, an idea that he ended up using to distribute a video uh, called Body of Work. Uh, for uh... contributions and donations to the make a wish foundation so that started going really well and he ended up doing you know the book body for life years ago and he gave you know hundred percent of the advance to the make-a-wish foundation and you know fast-forward uh, to today you know over five hundred and fifty wishes have been granted because of that and he became the single largest individual contributor in, in the world to the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And, you know, we've got a great yeah. friend named J.R., who's a former Make-A-Wish kid, who yeah. actually helped and assisted in giving me a couple of the questions to ask Blake for the interview that everyone just heard. And, you know, we, me, you, and him recently met. Uh, at Strategic Coach Headquarters in Toronto with the CEO of Make-A-Wish in Canada. And we're talking about taking information and knowledge and sharing it with entrepreneurs and people, and part of those, you know, end up going to make, you know, donations to help grant wishes
0: for kids. And so you can combine,
1: you know. Should we talk
0: about our idea for that? Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. You start. Well, We were in, uh, uh, because, you know, we were there with the the CEO of of Make-A-Wish Canada, and we were, thinking about how could we use our how could we do something with I love marketing to do the um to to benefit the make a wish foundation. And so we had and one of the ideas that we had was doing a episode of I Love Marketing podcast where we auction off a guest spot on I Love Marketing where we would talk about the winner's business and do a full episode uh, where we do basically a consulting call or a coaching call for for the winner's business and do that as an episode of, uh, of I Love Marketing. I think that would be a fantastic
1: idea. Yeah, I think it would too, and it would give us an opportunity to engage with a lot of our listeners and, and yeah. those of you out there that would love to have me and Dean publicly uh, diagnose uh, your business, come up with uh, either help you reach an opportunity or eliminate
0: some sort of challenge or
1: problem that you're having so you can either make more yeah, money or, or apply
0: or, the things that we've been talking about specifically to your niche or to your business. That would be, uh, it'd be a lot of fun. I'd yeah. love to see in the comments if that's something that would be interesting to people. Yeah, and see, and, and if it is
1: interesting, we can do. You know, we can literally have a bid. Who you know, the highest bidder. Um, you know, we, to the for a donation to the Make-A-Wish Foundation, then we can tie it in, and and so you know, that's just one way that we can actually use our uh, expertise and knowledge of marketing. We can direct it, and uh, we can actually do something for um, the Make-A-Wish Foundation as an yeah. example. Now having said that you can pretty much tie this into a lot of different uh, causes. You know, we have been talking me and Dan and Dean about uh, the 10 times planet, which is uh, right in the initial stages, but we want to actually create uh, a system, a process for entrepreneurs that want to either eliminate some sort of uh, you know social or economic, you know, problem um, and use entrepreneurism as as the solution and we take marketing uh, way more seriously than i think many people do uh,
2: I, I mean <laughs> do some you think?
1: people yeah, well yeah but no what i mean by that
0: what i mean by
1: that is this isn't just a way to make money you know some people are like oh let's just build a business and sell more stuff no this is like right. everything if you know if you had a child that needed a kidney and you know you could write a compelling letter and all things being equal, you have one family in, in, that needs it and another family that, you know, the family that knows marketing and understands it more actually has a better advantage of their child to getting a kidney. As crazy and as unfair as that may sound to some True. people, it is the truth. You know, marketing gives you power. Marketing gives you options. Mark, marketers and salespeople directed in the right way are saviors to so many people. They identify needs. They know how to communicate. They get doors open that cannot be opened any other way. And so marketing is a very significant important thing. And, and the reason I wanted to interview uh, Blake is because I want people to see through you know, an effective model, uh, not only can you build a multi, multi-million dollar company that allows you to live a really great, wonderful lifestyle, uh, and provide lots of jobs, you can also do a tremendous amount of good in the world. And the deal is, if he had to give all of his money away, as if per se giving back, like some people say, how much of an impact would he make compared to him going out and doing what he's doing now? And see, here's what's even more funny about it. Because he's doing such cool stuff, we're, we're literally giving him all of this free advertising and telling people, go buy Tom, Tom's shoes.
0: Well that was that was one of the two things that he said that really kind of caught my attention was that same thing that they don't spend any money on on you know anything that normal shoe companies would do like billboards and and big ads and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because they've got a story worth spreading.
1: Yeah, exactly. And now, now what's even more funny is for Genius Network interviews, which what I'm I want to tell everyone on, um, you know, I love marketing. Is a lot of my Genius Network interviews that I've done. uh... This gave me a kind of a neat idea of taking some of like either the entire interview or parts of of Genius Network interviews that I've done because I've interviewed some amazing people, and having me and Dean occasionally will will you know have some commentary about them. But also any of the interviews that I think would be really you know, useful. We'll we'll post some of them up on ilovemarketing.com for, uh, for people to listen to. And uh, this will be the first announcement, which I'll probably make, is I'm going to make most of my Genius Network interviews that I've been selling for years, I mean over a decade, I'm going to make them free. I'm just going to put them out there and make them free uh, to people and so people can continue to, you know, learn and, and grow from them. And I've done a couple of great um, Genius Network interviews with uh, with Dean, and and now this is the second person in the quote unquote shoe business because I did a you know Genius Network video interview with Tony shea the founder of right. Uh, well, not founder, but I should say because he's actually CEO. He actually came in as an investor and then became CEO of uh, Zappos, and then you know sold it for over a billion dollars uh, worth of stock to uh, to Amazon. And you know yeah. the, the the two common things between Blake and uh, and and Tony. As it relates to shoes, is you know Blake, of course, uh, uses it to actually give shoes to, to kids in need and, and, and pricing them in a way that allows them to do that. Whereas Tony focuses on I- insane customer service. You know, twenty four seven. You can call Zappos and they will. You know, he even said that you know we don't even really. It's not about shoes. We just needed an ex- excuse to to create deliver, you know, deliver customer, customer service, service yeah. which he calls happiness in
0: his book. Happy, delivery happiness. So yeah,
1: yeah. What other thoughts did you get, Deed?
0: Well, the other, you know, when you asked him, because he's it's very similar to to us is that he travels and is not always in the office and stuff. And you know, he's here he's growing, not just running but growing a, a business. And we, you know, one of the things that that he said was that in order to do that, he had to get comfortable with the idea that his team are gonna make mistakes, and they're not going to maybe do things exactly the way he would, and that you've got to learn to be happy with, you know, 80% of what it could be if you would do it yourself. You know, and I wrote down the numbers because it made, you know, you say you've got to be happy with 75 to 80% without my effort, which is better than 100% with 80% of my effort, you know? Because right now, he's, he's that, that willingness to let the team figure things out to let the team do things kind of their way with a broad direction uh without without micromanaging or or having to put his own stamp on things allows him that freedom to um to focus on the big picture of the business
1: yeah exactly and uh you know, it's kind of funny. There's a phone ringing in the background in a location that never does. So, just we'll just leave that in there. You know. What's that? Well, I don't know if you even heard that background noise. Is
2: this Oh ringing. no, no, didn't hear
1: yeah. it. No. Well, there you go. So yeah. now I made more of an annoyance than if I would yeah, have, have that. Yeah. that was the annoyance. Yeah. So uh, you know, one, one thing that that reminded me of is the um, the Ronald Reagan statement about leadership where um, I think the way it goes is that, you know, Ronald Reagan would said, um, you know, I, I, what leadership is is where I read a, a letter from a, you know, a staff writer that I read and I, I knew I could write it better, but I sent it anyway, and meaning that it was good enough, and yeah. um, and that's kind of the whole thing, you know, you're better off having the 80% than getting nothing at all, and, and that's why yeah. I think Blake has really, you know, he's, I think he's a really good leader in that respect, and I think it's really encouraging, which I did mention uh, in, in in the interview, that I think, you know, he's just a great example of someone to model and look at. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I hope everyone, you know, gets involved in it, uh, you know, One Day Without Shoes. On April 5th and that's why we're yeah talk about that a little
0: bit because that's kind of a neat uh, thing let's we'll put that uh, the video up on uh, I com too
1: yeah so go if you're listening to this on iTunes then go to the uh, I com website and watch the video last year they had over 250,000 people go a day without wearing shoes and the mm-hmm. whole point is to have people experience for a day. Um, you know, probably nowhere near the type of conditions that the the children that they're actually giving shoes to go through every single day of their lives until they've shown up and, and you know given them shoes, um, is is to have people just really get involved and and go a day without shoes. So we're doing it at my company. And uh, people all over the country. I mean, I, I have no idea how many people will do it this year throughout the world. But uh, like I said last year, he had you know 250 thousand people uh, do it. So yeah, we'll totally huge. do
0: it over here too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just really cool. And mm-hmm. uh, what what's neat about this is is from a marketing standpoint, look at all the people that get engaged in this and that are thinking about you know what he's doing and what his mission. Yeah, why is. why aren't
0: you wearing shoes? <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, look at all of the conversations that it starts. Yeah. And you know, I mean, we've got a bunch of different ideas, Dean, that we've talked about that people can do for events and causes. And I certainly do my Better Your Best contest. And there's all kinds of things that I create engagement with our with my clients and things that you do with your clients. I would just love for people to listen to. You know, having listened to the, uh, you know, the conversation with Blake, what comes to mind? How can you apply what he said uh, to your business? How does the one-for-one model work for you? And, you know, any great feedback and comments that anyone has for Blake, I will certainly, you know, take the ones that are, you know, would be useful for him to hear. Uh, And send them over to him. And and those of you that do, you know, one day uh, without shoes, uh, you know, you can go to the website also too, one day without shoes dot com, and you know, participate in that. You know, let us know after the fact. You know, what did it? You know, come back to i love marketing dot com and please comment on uh, you know the 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 comments with this particular podcast because I'd Mm -hmm. love to hear what everyone you know has to say and and what it means to them because I think it's it's just really. It's really innovative and it's really cool and it's doing a
0: lot of good stuff in the world. Yeah. I'd love to hear what other people are doing with their businesses. Because I know a lot of people have, have a heart for uh, a lot of different causes. And, and I hope that this kind of has been inspiring for, for people to maybe give them some idea that, hey, you know, I can do a lot through my business. Exactly, you know, and I will say this about
1: capitalism, and it and it may sound redundant, and there are some things I'm going to say a lot, uh, but you know, uh, Dan Sullivan first said to me, I don't know if, if he he originally you know came up with this, but you know, capitalism, um, the only problem with capitalism is that it was named by its uh, enemies, and you know, capital, <laughs> you know, capitalism in its purest form is this simply collaboration between individuals exchanging you know value for money, uh, you know, value for value. It's not uh, some, you know, big corporation taking advantage of, you know, some, you know, underprivileged person or, you know, lording their powers of, of capitalism over someone. Now, it's it's called that at times in, in movies that are made by, you know, uh, idiots that actually try to call something capitalism when it's not, which is, you know, what Bob Berg uh, even told me is corporatism, um, which is a big difference between capitalism. But, you know, real true capitalists are – They do amazing things in the world, and, um, you know, most of the um, contributions in in, in production that I see being made in the world in very large and impactful ways are being done uh, by capitalists and by entrepreneurs, and, um, yeah, so I'm a big supporter of it, and that's why um, I did the the interview with Blake, and that's why we're sharing it here, and that's why we hope that you go out and, uh, you know benefit from this and uh that it helps you in your business and that's that's what i have to say
0: awesome well that's great it really was thank you for sharing that that's uh it was a great interview
1: thank you so much and look forward to hearing and and seeing everyone's comments and uh and also keep your eyes peeled because we have got some freaking awesome i love marketing um you know, podcasts that are coming up here. And so, you know, keep glued to this because it's just going to keep getting. Yeah, very
0: exciting in the next few weeks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone's going to be like, wow,
1: how did you get Uh, this person on? Exactly. I know.
0: (laughs) There you go. All right.
1: Thanks, everyone.